and welcome to the best thing you watched this week or the best thing that we watched this week. Hopefully some of what we talk about will be on your list of the best thing you watched this week. It's going to be a fun week because I think we have some big titles to talk about. It's that time of year when uh, all the networks and all the studios are churning out their Christmas films, some of which are billion dollar industry mahemoth titans. I'm sure you know what we're going to be talking about with one of them. Don't forget that uh, our Christmas podcast special, uh, also video, because I believe we're doing video, is the Die Hard, yes. whether it, it is a Christmas movie or whether you are wrong. Uh, and so <laughs> <laughs> this is our, I think we have two weeks, three weeks left. Of the year? Of the year? Uh, I, yes. Yes. I, I'll go two or three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We are awake. Uh, hi, Chris. <laughs> How are you? Hi. I'm good, Ruben. This has been a been a fun week. Interesting week with some yeah. good stuff. Yeah, it has. Okay, so if you don't know, welcome. This is Chris from Movies and Munchies. And we've got Ruben from the Ruby Tuesday and probably a few ghosts flying around because Scrooge is about this time of year. So Chris, why don't you start us off with uh, one of your titles? Well, I saw a little movie that... Um, I'm going to put it on the best thing I watched this week, but it it was actually kind of poo. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was a uh, the third in a trilogy. Mm. Well, maybe there's going to be more. I don't really know. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was this tiny movie called Spider-Man No Way Home. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. Oh, OK. Yeah, it's it's an indie film. It. It's, it's indie. Yeah. OK. Indie. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very niche. Very small. Um, not many people know about it. Who's in it? About, um, this this unknown British dude. Um, right. He's from the UK. His uh, Holland, uh, Tom Holland. Ah, yeah, and he's British. But actors. he he speaks. Ugh. Well, there's only like fifteen of them. So I mean, we know, you know. Is yeah. <laughs> only fifteen? But he. <laughs> oh, how goodness. long can we keep okay. that going for? <laughs> I, to, before people tune out, they're like and throw what? things at. What are you talking dislike, about? Dislike, dislike. <laughs> There's no dislike button anymore, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, okay. Just leave your your ire in the comments then. (laughs) Um, No, but you know what? This this truly was the best thing I watched this week. I mean, I was blown away by the the movie. I I thought I was going to like it. I mean, come on. I'm I'm a Marvel fan. I love the MCU. I have a lot of fun when I go to the movies because it's, you know, it's that escape. It's just, just... well, it is. It's escapism. It's just a bunch of fun with big explosions, some great action, uh, sometimes some really good drama, and you just really hope for a fun story. And this one, I wasn't prepared for what they gave us. I mean, there was the the emotion in it, the the story arcs that we got were way more mature, I think, than we have had in any of the other Spider-Man movies. Um, I, I think they, they, they rival in maturity, some of the other MCU movies, but I was just surprised with this one. And so I, um, I mean, I walked out, I gave it a five out of five because it was just not only because it was a lot of just enjoyment there and the fan service, but then the storytelling while not perfect was really well crafted and it affected me emotionally multiple times throughout the story yeah oh tell me what are we ready to do spoiler reviews yet or um are we waiting i think we should do spoilers it's it's been out for a couple of days um 
this is your spoiler warning. Okay. But right. yeah, because because some of the things I wanted to talk about, actually all of the things I wanted yeah, to talk about the, contain spoilers. There is emotional beats is hard to talk about without spoilers. So yeah, if you yeah. don't want to hear about Spider-Man No Way Home at all, then um, please do skip ahead. Um, we'll leave time codes if you're watching the YouTube version and uh, you can quickly check. I'll put in the description as well, just to make double show so that everybody's happy uh, in our podcast segment in the description. Nice. If you look there, you will give you like timings. Uh, so, okay. So Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, I think you're right, Chris. Everybody that likes Spider-Man, uh, that bought tickets as soon as they could, those fans were always going to like the, the film. And to be honest, I don't think there's a bad Spider-Man movie. I think like mm -hmm. there's some that are less than, well, less fun mm -hmm. and everybody has their different rankings. And so I think if you're a Spider-Man fan, a Marvel film buff, you're going to go in this excited. You're, you're, you're excited to see what Spidey's next outing is. And for the most part, my favorite Spider-Man has always been the Raimi trilogy. I like Tom Holland, mm. but the Raimi trilogy for me, that that's what I grew up with. It's like asking sure. me who my favorite Bond is. That would always be Pierce Brosnan because I grew up with that. Um, okay, so... In this film, there were emotional beats that I was so surprised by. And for me, this is the first Tom Holland film that I really connected with him as Peter Parker rather than Spider-Man. I always thought the Spider-Man stuff that they did was great. Mm. But Tom Holland's Peter Parker became a man in this. He became... Yes. And that's only because of the hardships that he has to go through in this film. It's the same beats. It's I mentioned in my review, It's there's like certain fixed points in time that happened with Spider-Man that have to happen to every Spider-Man. And so we get the Aunt May death because Uncle Ben has to die. And that's his version yeah. of Uncle Ben. But I do feel like he's gotten the harder, the harshest end of the stick because he already had like his dad died. Like um, Tony Stark was kind of his surrogate father, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. like yeah. that moment for him is, is hard. And having to almost have the mantelpiece of being the next Iron Man like he's he's carrying yeah. the weight of the Avengers on him and the aftermath of friends that has died. Like the other Spider-Man didn't go through that. Like our world, mm -hmm. this our world, because I like to think them mm -hmm. in our world because, you know, it's yes. all real. Um, He's gone through a lot, a lot more. And especially when you hear all three of them talking about it. It's like, well, I've gone to space and I thought a, pur you know, a purple giant. Uh, hilarious, but so poignant and accurate. So when you get to the end, and he's going to kill the guy. Yeah, um, I was going to say Doc Ock. Green Goblin. Yeah, Green Goblin. You want him. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, yeah, I totally get why you would. And even afterwards, you would still be the hero. And I would understand that guy is mm -hmm. evil. He needs to die. So you do wonder if you took those two Spider-Men out, would he have gone to the dark side or would they have written it differently? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because you, we need, we need Toby, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this mm. for those redemption arcs. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's where like I saw the crux of a lot of this story. And so when we get to, I mean, you hear them talk about, especially when they're on the rooftop yeah, where Peter sees both of them for the first time, you know, and they're really, they're talking about each of their moments and and the dark path that they went down and how they're trying to get back from that, how they're trying to yeah, redeem that. I mean, it's redemption for them as well, isn't it? 
oh, it totally is because mm. this movie provides redemption for all three of them. Mm. You know, you've got you've got Andrew Garfield who catches MJ. I mean, he that's the moment s- that got me the hardest. Like out of all oh. the moments of the film, that moment I was like mm. tears. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, totally, yeah. totally. And you have um, you have Peter. I mean, he saves. Not only does he save Osborne. From, um, or excuse me, Toby Maguire, Peter. Toby Maguire saves um, Green Goblin, Osborne, from Tom Holland's Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But in that moment, so he redeems, I mean, he's got his own redemption there because he doesn't kill. He doesn't allow Green Goblin to die. But he also redeems Tom Holland's Spider-Man by not allowing him to go down that path. Yeah. You know, to make that mistake. And then you have, um, I mean, you have, what is it? Osborne. Yeah. Helping to save Doc Ock. Yeah. You, you have Doc Ock saving the Peters. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, all of these things. And so I think it, I'm not sure the movie would have had the same emotional weight had you taken those two out. Mm. Like, yeah, we could watch Peter Parker. And Spider-Man go down this dark path like each of the other ones have. Yeah. You know, that they've and then they carry that weight and it affects them moving forward. Now, he has his own baggage from all of this that Mm. does affect him, you know, and now he's got the added thing of the people that he loved most in his life have zero clue of who he is. Mm. And so that, you know, there I mean, there's there's its own darkness within there and its own sadness. Um, But I think. I think if you don't have those two to help Tom Holland, we, you have a, obviously you have a completely different movie, but it's a different tone all the way around too. And I don't think, I don't think we get any of those redemption stories, which I would argue at that point, it becomes a weaker film, mm. you know, and, and, and it, it, at least from a, uh, what do I want to say from a, a maturity standpoint, from a, a differentiating standpoint, maybe, yeah. you know, because we've seen both of them. I mean, think, uh, you know, so in both of the Spider-Mans, well, I don't remember, I don't remember Amazing Spider-Man too much. I don't remember if he kind of goes kind of in that darker realm like we see in uh, Raimi's trilogy. Uh, but but even with Spy- uh, Superman, you know what I mean? Like the original Christopher Reeve ones, I mean, he gets, he goes dark mm-hmm. for a while and then you have that redemption from that. Um, so anyway, I've talked a lot. Um, but, but, okay. So I, I did give it a five, um, stars, but I don't think it's a perfect movie that a lot of the fans are making it out of like the best film ever made. Like if you wanted to, you could totally pull it apart. And there are story plots, MacGuffins that make the film work. And if you didn't have them, then it wouldn't quite work. You'd Mm -hmm. have to change the story up. For example, um, his best friend gets the ring of power and is suddenly can make the the twirling <laughs> portals now if you remember dr strange's film how many years how long it took him to master the magical arts and he's yes. be- he became like the one power for magics to protect earth uh until he went away for a while in the blip uh so now are we saying that his friend uh, uh, tom holland's friend uh what is his name ned ned, ned. thanks ned is more powerful than them naturally and therefore doesn't need any sort of power, no training. 
he just started oh look i've accidentally created a portal uh i mean in the, at that point i in in my head i would use an english swear word going bollocks uh, um yeah <laughs> so there are things in this film that are like yeah okay but i love i love it so i'm gonna allow it if that makes sense you, totally yeah well and i think that's what you know we're not i mean the enjoyment of that doesn't come from, and for my score, it doesn't come necessarily from flawlessness. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there are several movies that are, are very flawed, but part of it is how much did I enjoy it? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. really we, we go to the movies to have fun, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can turn on the news and I can look outside and I can go read the newspaper or walk down the street and see real life. Mm. And some of those movies, some of those types of movies and stories have their place. Yeah. And they can be amazing. That's not what this was. No. I wanted to go for two and a half hours and have my hair blown back and just, you know, escape from the world. Exactly. And yeah. that's exactly what it did. Yeah. Um, go for it. Uh, when we got to the end, I was so happy because I was like, this, he is now Spider-Man. He gets his yes. little apartment. He's gone through all of that harshness. And you see him swinging through the streets. He now, like, if he goes and gets a job as a photographer or a pizza delivery guy, you know, you'd be like, yeah, this is, he's at that stage now. He's reached the Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire stage where mm -hmm. um, he was the new kid in the block. But now you can see him. It, it wouldn't matter if you had to take out a couple of villains on the way to work. That that would be okay for him. Yeah, yeah he he. He's reached that next level. And I thought it's so cool to see him establish that that now because anything that he does from now on, we know that he can handle it, sort of, because he's gone through all of those plot points. So it's, it feels like all new, I, th I guess, all new storylines next. And I hope they keep it fresh and make it new. Mm -hmm. um, which leads me into talking about the end credit scenes. And um, a little bit annoyed about the end credit scenes, actually, to be honest. I was wondering if there's an argument to be made whether we should even have them anymore. They really played a part in the MCU for the first few phases uh, because they drew those films, oh, not my mic, they drew those films together. Um, yeah. Now it's become a thing that people want to see at the end of the film. So people wait because they expect to see some sort of thing that might link to the next film, not necessarily linking them. But I do have to say, after coming off the high of the film and then waiting for the clip, it did take away some of what my mind was thinking on the enjoyment, because now I'm thinking about the other film um, immediately, almost afterwards. So I'm thinking about Venom, I'm thinking about Doctor Strange and Wonder, and I'm just like, but I actually don't, I still want to be thinking about Spider-Man right now. I don't want to be thinking how he plays a part, because this film started off, remember I'm MCU film, remember, remember? Because Doctor Strange, we have all the magics, but mm -hmm. then it goes straight into, no, I'm a Spider-Man film. And it's all about him, even with the nostalgia and the other Spider-Mans, I am Spider-Man. I don't need to be connected yeah. to the MCU. And then we get the, hey, remember Venom and Doctor Strange? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I agree. I mean, the, the Venom one, that felt... That felt like Sony's doing of their their way to tie it back to their properties. Hmm. You know what I mean? Using using the MCU device um, to then to then tie it back. Um, the 
I thought it was a creative way to roll out the Doctor Strange 2 trailer mm. because that's what that was. You know what I mean? That was not a scene like we've done. That was an actual, I mean, no, the way that trailer. felt yeah. was a trailer just without the the beginning and the end, yeah. um, you know, to show that. And so it, um, it, yeah, it was definitely different. Um, do we need them? I don't, I don't know. I think it maybe depends on, on what the story is being told. Like think back to Eternals where we have Harry Styles come out as, uh, <laughs> who are Eros. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, that teases a little bit. Yeah. What's to come eventually, you know? And so I like that. I think that, I think that is what they used to do. Mm. And that's what they were for, you know? And so I would have much preferred to have seen, um, and I can't remember the character's name, but, um, Chudal Ejiofor. Yeah. Yeah. His character, like maybe a scene with him um, yeah. mm. as a teaser to then show, you know, Doctor Strange will return in um, the multiverse of madness. madness. Yeah. You know, but um, but I don't know how much they want to do that because it's still a, really a Sony property. This movie that we're seeing, True. you know, and so maybe that was the only way they could do that um, to include it in there. Mm. I don't know. And I do have a question about maybe you have some insight into this or can help me understand it. The the Venom end credit scene. We have... Uh, so, at the end of Venom 2, he was transported mm -hmm. to this world, which I'm guessing is the same spell that connects from this movie, brought in all the Spider-Mans and Venom. That's why he was brought in there. Yes. And when the spell is reversed, he gets sent back. All the Spider-Man, all the bad guys, they get sent back to their own worlds, right? So mm -hmm. why was part of the symbiote left there? How is that even possible? The only thing, no, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say the only thing I could think of is how, like the same way, you know, the same anomaly, how Peter was able to move Spider-Man's arm holding the box when Dr. Strange um, separated oh, yeah. his realities. Okay. You know, yeah. um, but, but that's a different thing. Yeah. So it it um it doesn't make any sense. It's a it's a I think what it's doing is if they hopefully I really do hope they continue the Spider-Man with Tom Holland, mm. but maybe that's the way to introduce Venom into this world. Yeah. And do you think they should uh, do the Venom where Tom Holland becomes Venom or they should do a new like alien Eddie Brock story cuz we've had it done a few times. Um and it just feels like it's not new ground. I kind of want Venom from the Sony IP to interact with Tom Holland in a space adventure of some kind. A symbiote um, invasion would be great. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know where where I would want to see it go. Um, I think I almost don't want it to have a part in it. Mm. You know, because we've got now we have Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock. Yeah. And doing and doing that portion of it. And so to have him to have another Eddie Brock come in, you know what I mean? It just it Oh no, I meant Eddie Brock has to it has to be him. He has to come back. Okay. Oh oh but but just yeah. keeping Venom yeah. without without Eddie Brock, right? Yeah. Um I, I'm not sure it would work. Mm -hmm. Uh at least for me, from my own personal standpoint, I don't think it would work because 
I now hear Venom's voice and the interaction with Tom yeah, Hardy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to take, to not have that dynamic, but bring it into a different movie, I'm not sure. Mm. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure I would buy it. Maybe yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think we've spoken about Spider-Man at, at length. Are there any other moments well, that you wanted I, to talk about? There were a couple of just little Easter eggs okay. that, that I wanted to, that, to see if you caught them. Um, I think most most people that enjoyed any of the Spider-Man things would would get them. Yeah. Um, but like when they all land on the, the Statue of Liberty, yeah. each of them is doing their unique pose. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just thought that that was really cool to see. And then that whole, I mean, it was, I thought it was actually pretty blatant, but when, uh, Toby Maguire kept saying to Andrew Garfield, you're amazing. Oh yeah. You're amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. Say it. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. I want you to say you're this the amazing too. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, um, um, no, one exactly. of my favorite parts is, uh, those webs come from you. How? how? Yeah, that whole conversation. Yeah, and the curiosity, the 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 banter that they all three had together, I thought was amazing. Yeah, I mean, they each they were each able to bring their their own personalities from the original movies into this, mm. you know, and it really worked well together. I mean, it just I was I was, it was actually shocked. something I was sad about. I thought because they work so well together, had them brought them earlier in the film. They could have done a lot more with it because the film very much is a play by numbers and you totally know where it's going. Like, you know, when, yes. what's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. I would have liked something else to have happened at the end because I, because you did really well to keep away from everything, but I'd seen like the posters and the, the clips and the trailers. So I knew like, oh, that's, this is the ending and, and this is mm. this action piece. I was like, ah, oh, please be something else. Go somewhere else, do something. Um, not that I didn't love it, but it it's, it's very hard to keep anything secret in uh, this type of film. Uh, so by the time you get to the film, you've heard like all the the rumors. And I have to say the fans are pretty good at dissecting the truth from, from things that aren't even there. They'll be like, I think it's this because of this. And you're like, can't be. And it's like, oh, you were right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, well, the power of the internet too, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like bringing all of the minds together. So that you may not have all of the pieces, but somebody over here has one piece and somebody over here has this piece and somebody, you know, and We're together. We're a hive mind. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the end of humanity as we know it. <laughs> Everybody on one subject. You know, maybe we can concentrate on that and try and like do world peace. Uh, Wouldn't hunger. that be great? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Put our minds to good use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but no spider-man <laughs> yeah that, that's all i have i mean I, I i really could talk a long time about it because it was it was just so much fun and it was way better than i actually anticipated it being okay you know, i knew i was gonna mm. i knew i was gonna have fun with it i mean that was i didn't have any doubt with that mm. uh but the way that it resonated with me and made me tear up more than once gave mm. me chills more than once you know and then also made me laugh and made me chuckle and yeah. just how um, so, loud was your crowd? Uh, actually, very respectful. It wasn't. It wasn't like when um, the Cap game. picks up. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. It wasn't like that. I mean, there were there were moments. I mean, when when both of the Peters came in, especially when Andrew Garfield first makes his appearance, mm. 
I mean, there was like a, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, but it wasn't, it didn't drown out anything and it was very succinct. Right. So that, you know, we could hear the rest of it and stuff like that. But it, um, yeah, was your, was your crowd. Surprisingly, I mean, it was about half full, but it was surprisingly loud and the British don't do that. Um, we've already <laughs> had some quite shirty articles from a certain news outlets saying, please stop mm. this shouting and, and laughing. This is not what you do. People pay for money. And the last thing they want to hear is people shouting in the, in the cinema, you know, <laughs> and I'm like. You, you must be fun at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, you know, it's funny too because I have been in I've been in screenings and in in movies like Opening Day or whatever where sometimes that is true where I hear people they're talking like they're ta- they're they're narrating or they're incessantly, you know, disrupting what's going on. But when it's a shared experience like that, mm. I think it it adds something. I mean, I even think back to Hereditary where the um when we see Tony Collette up on the wall, mm. I mean people you know like that and they're like, oh <laughs> oh no, what? You know, and so you have you have these group reactions, which I think works. Um when it when it becomes so distracting though, or when it becomes so over that you can't hear what's going on, mm. that definitely um comes into play. But I also think nowadays we might have some of these, um, like the writers take into account that, you know what, this moment where Cap picks up the, um, Mjolnir, is that how you pronounce it? Mjolnir? Yes, that thing. Mjolnir? You know, people are going to cheer, you know, and, um, so we're going to give it a beat before Thor says, I knew it, you know, and then when, when he says, Avengers, assemble. There's going to be clapping. There's oh, going to yeah. be cheering. <laughs> so they give that a little bit of space within the dialogue to do that. You know what I mean? I yeah. think, I think in a lot of these that, especially where, where you have this monster fan base that they, they begin to anticipate some of that mm. and, and allow that in there. Now, how much of that time is there? And, you know, can they anticipate everything? No. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, if you go into a movie like this, um, you kind of got to expect a little bit of that. And what do you um, think about you know, clapping? Because one of the arguments I heard is at the end, people clap for the film that they've enjoyed. Um, and uh, the argument I heard was like, well, no one's there that made the film. Who are you clapping for? The projectionist? Um, so I get it. But. I, I've used that argument too. I don't understand the clapping, <laughs> but yet I do understand the clapping because again, it's a shared experience. Mm. It's a, you know what? I am, it's a natural reaction that, hey, this was wonderful, mm. you know? And you you just join in in that. And there is, I mean, think about some of these movies. I mean, I don't know how it is in the UK, but when, when Endgame ended, even when this one ended, people didn't leave right away. You know what I mean? There's mm. discussions that are going on. You're, you're sitting with, with what we just saw and what that meant and people are talking and they're whispering and they're like, ah, oh, you know, and at, at the end of infinity war, I mean, people are wiping their eyes and crying and the whole thing. So it, it yeah, I think, I don't know. No, I mean, it's unusual in once the credits start rolling in a UK film or UK cinema, 
normally, especially if it's an MCU or it's something that they know there's going to be in credits, normally about half will get up and leave because they don't care. They, they've seen the film. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think one person left and he looked like he needed to the toilet. Uh, every Everybody else has sat, waited, sat. watched both credit scenes. And then even as the lights came up and uh, the, you had the inpatient ushers, you know, waiting for, to collect the rubbish, people are sat there like kind of chatting and this moment in excited because they've mm. just experienced something they've it, it was yeah. quite special for them and it's that you know you've seen a good film when the whole way home whoever you've seen it with that's what you're talking about you're asking questions exactly yeah like yeah. when you first watched the matrix yeah it, yeah it, those are good films yeah absolutely you know it would blow me away um when we were watching this uh we saw it because i at jury duty. So I missed my screening early. So I go, I went with everybody else, which was fine. It was great. But, um, about 25 minutes into the movie, this large group of people walks in and sits down. What? No. What? Yeah. Why would exactly. you do that to yourself? I don't know. Why would you, I, I, I mean, the, the concession line was really long, but it wasn't that long. And so I, the, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be upset if I walked into this big of a movie if I had taken. I mean, it took me two over two hours to get tickets for this. That if I show up thirty minutes late or even fifteen minutes, like five minutes late to the movie, you know, I don't. No. Wow. No. Anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how I bred a donkey with a rabbit. <laughs> if you can't tell from continuity errors and stuff like that we had a little bit of technical difficulty and Ruben's beanie has magically popped off and he was telling me a wonderful story you'll have to hear it sometime it's lost to you know forever but anyway we'll move on yeah. <laughs> okay so after spider-man no way home uh ruben what's up on your list i guess we kind of gotta talk about the gotta because I'm, I'm gonna put an american accent gotta. gotta uh the witcher season two okay yeah yeah have you managed to catch yeah. up on the the episodes I still have not yet. I didn't get to finish the final two, so I'm I'm a little bummed because I have enjoyed what I was seeing so far. Okay. How, uh, how about you? You finished? Yeah, yeah. I finished them, um, and I think they were strong episodes, especially the last episode. Uh, okay. Which I will spoil for you now. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Go for it. No, it's okay. You totally can. <laughs> No, it's really it's it's it was big. The monsters were excellent. Um, mm. I remember talking to you about it before, saying that the monsters have levels, <laughs> and you go one level, and then there's another. Yeah, and it's just like whoa, this is they're already really cool. I think they really with their teams. I was doing some research and how many teams they had on the go and how many people were working. So there were like mm. four different teams on different units filming different sections at one time massive budget oh, wow. obviously uh, and then they would intersect them you know you have your second units you have your second unit directors and and they are filming normally like the i guess the the ambience the the pickup shots um mm. like exterior shots that you would just like splice in uh, so that all works really well but i think for me henry and siri i thought were excellent whenever they are on screen together was great and then my other favorite moments is when yennefer and Henry are together 
even though mm. i mean it takes a while because <laughs> it's a few episodes yeah. in until you see them um i think uh they're because you i'm saying a lot without saying nothing okay without saying anything you get this history you know that there's the stuff that's happened even though because uh, where we pick up on second season there's stuff that's happened uh it's after yes. the battle and and henry's like must find Jennifer, and then she's like she's dead and he's he sad henry again i say sad Geralt. um but i really like their interactions i think when the characters are on screen together in their little groups it works well and then mm -hmm. when they're not it dips a little i do feel like it was somewhat a little um and i don't want to say any ne anything negative but it did feel a little bit robin hood to me like there were times it was like, oh this is fantasy uh we're in the fantasy mm. zone um, but when it's strongest, it's playing on building those characters. So when we have the action pieces, uh, you're like, you're with them. You care about what's happening. Because I really cared about what was happening to the witches. Yes. Um, even though I didn't know much about them. The little bits they give mm -hmm. to you. Like you were asking, like, how does a witcher come to be? And you get insight into that because of the whole series situation. Right? Yeah. Um, which is excellent. I thought it was a really clever way to go with it. I noticed there's been some negativity towards the Siri storyline because they seem to be rushing her. Like suddenly she's got power. Suddenly she mm. can do things that would have normally in game taken you a good 20 hours to do. And in book, oh. probably two or three books in like it, there's a long arc there. So maybe they've got plans to show her like use her as a uh, using magics because uh, and i really want to talk about the last two episodes <laughs> uh, I, i'll do go for it I'll, you know you totally can um it's okay 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 so basically we know that the next season is gonna probably be about the wild hunt which is what you get got in the games as well and uh, there you mm. get little snippets of them in visions throughout the 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 seasons of these guys on horses wearing dark um armor like black uh, headgear um, like crowns so that's all black but this whole season has been shadowed by the witch in the hut hut um, that mm -hmm. has been controlling like puppet strings, right? She's been. Yeah. But the reason for that is she's she wants to escape, but she actually doesn't belong on this sphere. They, if you hear Garrett talk about it or one of the um, the witches, you'll know that there are many spheres and the conjunction or the convergence was mm -hmm. when monsters and men and uh witches or demons came to be and now we we're all fighting for the same land that's the story of the witcher and so that starts to play a real part in it and they start showing us little little snippets of what's to come it very much feels mm -hmm. like a stepping stone to what's to come and i think that's the, like that's the major negativity of it it doesn't feel so much as a contained story um as a stepping stone to the stories to come which I think I, I can totally understand. So season one, it, it, see, it's, it felt like a contained story, even though we knew that his next story was to find Ciri and protect her. We had, I guess we were introducing the world. In season two, we're yeah. introducing so much more of the world and we're doing the witches and their origins and we're doing Ciri's mm -hmm. origins and we're trying to recover Yennefer's magics and we're introducing mm. uh, the the other spheres and reducing yeah. the consequences of the first season. And it just keeps on going. And that's before we've met some of our side characters, Yeskir. Uh, so there's a lot going on in this. Um, but I still loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, fantasy is my jam, man. So 
I think it's yours as well. <laughs> what did you think yeah, of I, the, the six you saw? I, I actually, you know, it was funny. I liked this season more ah, than I did the first season. Okay. Um, and I think, I think a lot of that had to do with the storytelling itself. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, yes, there was a lot of world building that went into that first season. Um, and you know, and you have the, the weird timelines, which then did make sense. And so that didn't even play into necessarily my enjoyment of it. Mm. I think what, what this one is, is I feel, I felt more for the relationships, yeah. you know, especially Geralt and Siri. I mean, that them together, that, that learning to work together, to trust, um, you have this like surrogate father type of, uh, relationship where he feels very, very protective and doesn't want her to do certain things because he's already experienced these or he's seen what, you know, what battle can bring. And so he wants to protect her from that, but she is now butting up against that being like, I have to be able to protect myself. I have to be able to know some of these things. So let me do it. And that, you know, that struggle back and forth that they have. Mm. Um, and then there's also the, you know, I think so when, like when she was going through that, um, that Witcher training course and she gets to the very end and she falls off the, the platform, <laughs> he was like almost or so close or something <laughs> like that. I mean, it's, you know, so it's, he rides that line of concerned parent, but then also Witcher who that's how he would respond to one of the other ones yeah. who had <laughs> almost, you know? And so I, yeah, I, that was to me, that was the most powerful thing. And that's what drew me in the most over the course of this season, mm. uh, that I was just, you know, I was really enjoying them. I, I loved the monsters. I loved what we were getting to see and how they were different. I mean, they were big. The tree is incredible. Oh yeah. But then the bug thing oh, yeah. that came right after it, yeah. that was wrong. <laughs> it was gross. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was disturbing, you know, and um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I did have a lot of fun. I, I, I loved being in the world. I thought episode one where we have, uh, where we're following Geralt mm. in that part of it was a little odd. Mm. I mean, it was there, I think to illustrate the, the, the relationship as it is now with, with Siri and him. Yeah. Yeah. And how there's, she's. She's petulant. She doesn't always listen to him. She doesn't obey. She doesn't do what she, what he tells her to do because mm. she has her own mind, you know, and her own wishes and her own desires. And that sets up obviously the future arc. Um, but just that, that sequence to me was just, a, it was a little weird all the way around. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't that it was just, it had a, a more whimsical, comical mm. type of, um, feel to it that the rest of the episodes that I watched did not have. It could be that they you know? filmed it in season one because they were. Oh, and then. Then they just started it there for season two. Brought it into yeah. season two. Yeah, that could have been because it was weird. I mean, it starts off very dark, mm. you know, with the, that that family coming in and just being ripped apart. Yeah. Um, but then you have his friend who just like snaps and the food falls and it just everything falls from the sky, <laughs> which I thought was great. I mean, it was, it was unique and it just tonally, it was a little different. Mm. You know, it was, it was kind of that absurd where then we don't see that any other time. 
that even when when magic happens or different things like that, it's it's more serious. Maybe I guess. Yeah, the, the way right I looked at it, that this was this was the game episode, and the rest is the book episodes. Oh, okay, okay. Very much felt like a character that you would see in the game, um, and affected and played and try and figure out a way out once you're trapped in this house with a guy that's got magic that's turned into a beast because of a curse, and then there's something that's feeding on him. Which he was in love with. It was actually quite sad, wasn't it? Oh, it was, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, anyway, in the end, I didn't want her to die, but she kind of had to. Yeah, yeah. When you know, and it's it's a curious type of thing because their relationship worked for what it was. You know what I mean? In in their little realm, there mm. they were fine. But once Geralt, as an outsider, comes in. He really initiates the problems, mm. and, and the, you know, and so then he he kills her, but he's also what set her off, uh, and and their presence. I so. mean, she was the one that killed everybody in the village, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not a good she's not a good person. I'm not saying that. I mean, she as a character, as a, I mean, she has she is the antagonist in this. But think about it. Once you have then. This dynamic where they just sit there and she feeds off of him mm. and he's okay with it. Yeah. You know, so they have this relationship and she is calm. Mm. And as long as nobody else enters into their space, they're fine. Yeah. And they just coexist with with really no outside influence or influence on the outside world. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would have been fine if she didn't go out and kill anybody else. Then they could they could exist like that. But a witch's mm -hmm. job is to put away monsters whatever form Correct. that takes whether it's human monster or monster monster. Yeah. Uh but I see what you're saying. It was it was sad. It 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 was like ah, uh, if you hadn't come across this they probably would have been there for much longer. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and as odd as his situation was, he was fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was heartbroken mm. at the end. Yeah, nice, nice total. tone to start off. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed season two. I'm, I'm not going to spoil uh, the last episode for you because I want you to enjoy it. There's a whole fight sequence with um, the witches, which is what I wanted, and it's and it's Ooh. excellent. Uh, okay, yeah, really fun. Well, in in episode six, where Geralt is fighting. Um, the the burned face dude i don't know his name yeah um you know in that in that sanctuary type of place mm. that was an exciting fight yeah i loved the camera work with it i love it was just that was great it's great so yeah they, okay. they don't hold back for cool. that last episode so nice yeah really fun uh right on so what else have you got i stumbled across a series that is on hbo um, that I did not know about. It is called Landscapers. And only the first two episodes are out. It's it's based on a true story, a, a true crime, I guess, of um, this, this couple who, where I'm at in the show, uh, they, the, the parents of the wife were killed by gunshots and then buried in the backyard. And the couple have lived either at that house or then in France for 15 years. Mm. Um, and 
It stars Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis. Okay, well, you saw me on Olivia. Yeah, well, yeah. Now, have you, first off, have you heard of this series? I've heard of it. I didn't know who was in it. Yeah. Okay. This is a very unique presentation. I mean, it it's going to keep you on your toes, make you scratch your head, but all in a good way. Um, it is a very, very bizarre presentation in the way that they tell this story and that they show it to us visually. In what way? Um, Olivia Coleman is sort of mentally unhinged. Not in, I think, at least right now, from the first two episodes, not as like a crazed killer type of thing where she's just not in touch with reality. Oh. Uh, she believes that she is uh, that she is in contact with Gerard Depardieu. Um, <laughs> she's on a first name basis with him. When, when she watches things, she'll watch a movie like an old Western with Gary Cooper and the, the screen will go black and white and she will see her husband as Gary Cooper or imagine him in, you know what I mean? That he is saying these types of things Mm. in this movie. Um, they will, as they recount things, like they will go to a bar, but it is a very clearly a set within a very large, dark soundstage. And all of the people at the bar have masks on, save for the bartender, which whatever. And then some dude in the background that then the camera will focus on for a second. And I don't understand that meaning yet, but, um, you have, they communicate like the police send an email to the couple. And instead of us seeing it or it's narrated to us, but you see the, the DCI saying it. So he's looking at the camera you know, delivering this email, mm. reading it, um, and you see them then in front, and it will transition. It, the whole, the whole thing is was is, it's quirky all the way through. So everything that I've seen is very consistent in how weird it is. But then the story is engaging because it is based on a true story. Now, I don't know how much of what they're giving to us and how they're presenting it is based in reality or not. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's odd. Their communication back and forth is odd. Um, he, it sounds the, really strange. <laughs> it, it is. And the score, like I, like sometimes I pay attention to scores. Sometimes I don't. Um, this one though stood out to me that it is, um, it adds an oddity to the whole presentation, but it works. It, 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 there's, there's offbeat music. Um, I think sometimes even discordant or just like different types of notes, like they shifted the keys, you know, a little bit on the piano or something like that, um, in the tune. And so, but it all, all together works. Now, I don't know where it's going. Um, it's only been the two episodes and I'm just watching it. Um, week by week. I think it comes out on Mondays. So I'll catch this next one, um, this next week. Mm. Uh, but it's a limited series to the best of my knowledge. I think maybe six or eight episodes total. Um, the, the acting is phenomenal. It really is. It sucks you in. It is, um, the banter back and forth. The dialogue delivery is very dysfunctional among everybody. And yet 
engaging and you're just like, Hmm. wait, did that just happen? The timelines I think are a little weird. Um, Maybe not timelines, but the aging of the people, because when we see Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis, they're obviously older, but they're said to be like in their forties, I think. Hmm. And see, and maybe that's, maybe that's where I misunderstood a little bit, but maybe because when they were, they're being questioned by the police, I think they said something like they either said, well, you're in your forties now, or that was in the forties or when you were in your forties. So they could be in their mid fifties now, or they, anyway, it doesn't really affect anything. They do a good job of like, when they go back to when this event happened, um, Olivia Coleman has darker hair. She has more of a, a age-appropriate maybe haircut. David Thewlis is wearing a wig, um, but it he has hair. Uh, when we see him in the present, Olivia Coleman has gray through it. You know, it, she, she looks older. Mm. David Thewlis's hair is very thin, very short, so it makes him appear older, even though their faces don't necessarily change too much. They don't really do a whole lot of makeup with that, which I liked. Um, you know, so anyway, it, definitely worth checking out. It's Completely odd, um, and it, it scratches a whole bunch of uh, itches. It itches a bunch of I don't, whatever. It ticks a lot of the boxes for me because it's um, true crime, mm. which I love. It's drama, which I love. It's odd, and it has some quirky humor in it, which I'm absolutely drawn to. So you add all of those in together, and it's like, yep. Oh, and it's British, so that big jo- checkbox for me. <laughs> Well, I like Olivia Coleman and I like quirky and odd and, and weird, but I don't like the idea of being too too self-aware, like the, the whole idea of the soundstage and them coming on to like, is that her in, in her mind or is it, are they trying to be too artsy? That hmm, That's, yeah, it, it, she doesn't necessarily know okay. that it's a soundstage. It's it's just the way that it's presented. Right. Um, and at the end of each episode, they have news reports playing and they what they do is kind of cool. I mean, they take snippets, sound bites from a whole bunch of different reports and put it together to make sentences mm. um, that that flow. And so obviously it could be taken out of context, but you understand what it's talking about because they're all pretty much talking about the same thing. And so they're probably all saying close to the same thing Yeah. Um, about, you know, about that. But as you're watching this, you're seeing... Um, like B-roll of the production company taking down a set that they had put up or it it is, it's really, it, 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 but it works. That's the thing. It just, it, yeah, it's oddball. And I don't know, I don't know how, how well it's going to resonate with everybody Mm. because it is, it is so different. Um, you know, but it's not, what was that movie? There was a movie a bunch of years ago with Nicole Kidman, um, and it was a, it was like a play, but it was a movie, um, dog town, dog yard, some, I don't know, something like that. Mm. Um, very odd. I couldn't get into that movie. Right. That's not what like this is. Okay. This It's not. A Dogsville? Yeah. No. Ah, that's it. Dogsville? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. So keeping it HBO and keeping it weird and keeping it limited series, uh, I mentioned to you. That you need to watch this series. There's 10 episodes, hour long, and I believe the first three have dropped. Is that right? Yes. Yep. 
and yes. then they're going to be and then the next week is like two and then the, the following week it's it's really random yeah it, it follows yeah, on. it's 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 three two 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 one bonkers okay which yeah <laughs> but great they're changing up the formula good for them i also agree with them having to do that because i have to say when i said to you watch this series we had done the first three and that's what hooked us we we're like this is brilliant mm-hmm. this is weird this is wacky i haven't even ever said what it is yet station 11 <laughs> In case i knew what you were talking uh, yeah. about <laughs> station 11 is a new hbo max limited series based on a book with a fantastic cast uh, i would like i could list them all a few unknowns i think um mm-hmm. what i love uh, we, we've mentioned this before there's a i think a couple of actors that have disabilities but are just there as actors like they don't just mm-hmm. show this is my disability and therefore yeah. that's why i'm in this series no they're there because they can act well and they have a disability uh so that's just one side quest. i was like yeah that's fantastic it's so weird it's a post-apocalyptic brilliant show but okay the next few episodes that you're about to watch will just give you more questions and no answers mm. uh, and Ooh. it gets quite frustrating and as each episode goes along, Kirsten and I, we were like, how, what, what is the show about, actually? What is it? What is the mm. show? Uh, by the time mm-hmm. we get to episode 10, there is a conclusion and a wrap-up that feels somewhat satisfying. But for our viewers and our listeners, if you're going to go into the show and you get hooked at the beginning, you need to know this is more about how people survive in a post-apocalyptic event that wipes out the human race um, mostly. And it's just a, a snapshot at who's left. It's kind of that. There isn't much more oh. to it. <laughs> okay. Oh. So if you go in with that, you won't be disappointed. Because <laughs> there is this hint that, oh, the, 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 the series is called Station Eleven. So maybe we're going to get something sci-fi. There isn't. There just isn't. So I just need to put that outside of your mind. You're going to be disappointed if you go in thinking. uh, And then you have the time jumps, which is why you probably will still think, oh, maybe there is something. Because we go from future to how it actually happened, to characters that are young to when they're old. Uh, And then you have individual episodes about one entire character that just concentrates on them the whole episode. And then we don't come back to that character for another five episodes. Like, it's all over the place. (laughs) However... It's brilliant. Like the costume design is one of the best things when you were in the present. There is this traveling band of actors that do Shakespeare plays that are brilliant. And all their costumes are made up of things from the environment. Um, mm-hmm. But also not tacky. They also look really good. And the Shakespeare that they do surprisingly furthers the plot of the story. It has a real need to be there rather than look at us. We're doing Shakespeare. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is cool in itself. And the fact that Shakespeare has survived in this post-apocalyptic event uh, is also cool. But can I say it also feels, those first three episodes feel very apt and close to home with what's happening right now. (laughs) Like you look at this and you think six months time, like if COVID mutates once more from the version that we have now of our Transformaton, then uh, that could, you know, that's a reality. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was it was really close to, i mean the book was written i think in 2015 ish mm. mm. or came out in 2015 so it is it's not 
It's not about at least as the uh, yeah, but it's wait, it could be. <laughs> I mean, and, and the presentation that we're getting certainly has that has that feel to it. Mm. I'm glad you said what you said, even though it bummed me out. Yeah, sorry. That if if I'm thinking because I've only watched right now, I've only watched the first three episodes. I have all the rest of them, and that was I was going to binge the rest of it. Mm. Um, I still will, but. That first episode, I mean, I told my wife right after we watched it, I was like, that's how you do a premiere episode. Mm. That is, I was so sucked in because it teased me so much. But you know what was confusing to me is that so many of the comments that I was getting in in my review was that this is boring. What's going on? I don't even care about this. I want to turn it off. And I'm (laughs) like, I wow. I was like, oh, I... I must have watched a different show because I was, yeah, I was, I totally, I was hooked Mm. in episode one. I was, I was blown away at how, how engaging it actually was. Mm. And yeah, it had a lot of questions that it raised. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I don't want them answered in episode one. Otherwise there's no reason to continue on. Yeah. 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 I, I, I am a little bummed though to hear that it's not really a sci-fi twist or anything like that. I mean, because what I had some theories, mm. especially as we see the graphic novel yeah. that she has written. So the graphic novel see... comes into play, but it's not a sci-fi thing. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought, well, and I thought even, no, I won't say it because I don't want it in case it is a spoiler or whatever. I don't... <laughs> yeah. I have a theory. I had a theory about, its placement and what it actually means for the story that we're watching. Right. Um, especially when we see at the end of episode one, mm. the imagery that we see, you know what I mean? That ties very closely into the graphic novel. Yeah. Um, but hmm. I want to own okay. the graphic well, novel. It looks cool. It does. Yeah. It does. And I, I mean that the acting is wonderful. Oh, it's so good. I mean the, yeah. I, uh, Hamish Patel, mm. I think, was he in, um, Yesterday, was he in that movie? I'm not Is sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't want to say yes. Beatles movie, and then but get he, in trouble because everybody says, "Well, you think we all look alike?" And no, that's not true. Yeah, no, no, that's and that's not what <laughs> I just the name. His name sounded very familiar to me, right? And I couldn't remember where where it was. I'll just I'll look it up on IMDb. But <laughs> um, his interaction with the girl, um, it, he sold that so well. Yeah. His, um, you know, his uncertainty, his, the, the concern that he has and, and the shock that he has that nobody else around him seems to be noticing certain things or is concerned about certain things as he is, but then him also having enough self-awareness to be like, you don't have to come home with me. (laughs) I, I need you to understand that you have to say you want to, otherwise it's kidnapping, you know, different <laughs> things like that. Um, the one thing that did was very odd to me when they go grocery shopping. He, um, I don't know what, I mean, the prices, he spent $10,000 on groceries and had five shopping carts. That There's not $2,000 worth of <laughs> groceries in each, even, even if you were filling it up with liquor. Well, you know, maybe it was, it was buying not... like batteries and stuff because batteries are expensive. Yeah. Two thousand? No, <laughs> I, I, that was the one. 
Ex- I mean, yes, maybe it are, was a brand shop here in New York and uh, everything's hiked may, up. Maybe. I don't know. It just, it was very- Don't pull it apart, Chris. Um, I know, I know. But even within there, he, you know, him, him, the, the, he looks at the price and goes through his credit cards and is like, and he's got the other one out and it goes through and he goes, no, there was never any doubt. There was never any doubt. (laughs) Just, yeah, the whole sequence. I mean, I, I, I loved it and I'm still going to watch because I enjoy what it means and there's some dark things in it Mm. and you have this, this distrust that weaves its way in and out, which is natural, I think, um, but I was also, at least in the first three episodes, I was really glad that we have a post-apocalyptic uh, devastation type of show where people aren't being eaten, mm. you know? And I'm not even talking about like zombies, like Walking Dead. I mean, I think to Cormac McCarthy's The Road, you know, when we had Viggo Mortensen. Oh, yeah. Um, the wolves. The, 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 the people are nasty and wrong. Uh, yeah. And, that is the most depressing film I've ever seen. Can I just say that- it, that that film is, is so heavy. It's just oh my gosh, N- it no. Is. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Put you in the bell jar and leave you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's. Um, I was glad that at least in these first three episodes, and I don't and obviously I don't know where it's going yet. Mm. But even when you have, I mean, you have the traveling um, symphony, mm. you know, and them, and and how great was it to see Lori Petty? something i mean i think the last time i've seen her i don't even remember what tank girl tank girl. i was you literally know? gonna say I mean, tank girl <laughs> she's yeah, excellent just, as well in this yeah. she is she she really is and at, at the beginning when we first see her i truly thought she was just nuts yeah and she may be nuts but she, she kind but of is, I thought but she was she has, I, she's a composer nuts so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and when it she works. looks out, you know, and she's talking to the little girl and she talks about how the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the play or whatever, I'm like, you, there's nothing out there. You are <laughs> okay. You're gone. We're just gonna, <laughs> thank you for, okay. I gotta go now. And, but no, she's, she's legit yeah. <laughs> weird, but still. So anyway, Mackenzie yeah. Davis plays, um, the, the old version of the good little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's fantastic. Like she carries the film, the film, the series for most of the time. Series, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've you've seen her, and I know a lot of people don't like Terminator Dark Fate. I don't mind it. Um, but yeah, she was pretty cool in that. She was like the Terminator, I think the the half human Terminator. Yeah, she was yeah, the think, hybrid yeah. thing. Um, she, she's done some action stuff. She's also done Black Mirror, uh, Tully. Uh, she was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So. Like, I was really glad to see her because sometimes you see someone who you know is just going to really take a role like that and run with it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an action sequence later that she also gets to show some of her her acting chops when it comes to action that I was thought, damn, that was, that was really entertaining and uh, intense. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her character, what she did to this because it was, um, she had, she retained a little bit of like um, stuntedness mm. to her development. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she had a, a childlike portion within her, even though she she was hardened to the world around her because she has grown up in this, mm. you know, but you could see different little bits in here and there where um, it was like, mm, oh, that you're not, you, I mean, you're an adult, you know, but that is not an adult response or an adult look yeah. that you give. You have a, 
there's still a child right there in that in that moment, and her ability to capture that I thought was really good. Mm. Yeah, no, it's excellent. Do do watch it if you're listening. It's very entertaining, but it's going to leave you with like m- most questions until episode nine and ten. <laughs> okay, and even then you're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. It's more the ride of what you're experiencing and how they mm. show that. Um, and I guess the relationships that are formed during the way. There's definitely relationships that are hinted at, that grow, or that are part of the story that aren't revealed until the end. So there are some things that you you, you go, oh, okay, cool. So that's how that links up to that. Uh, it's that sort of story. Um, okay. Those sort of things will be the biggest reveals. So since you've seen the whole the whole thing in its entirety, is this something that you recommend binging all at once? Yeah, or one hundred percent. Okay, it's so complicated okay. in its storylines that I would say this is why I'm glad they instead of doing one episode two at a time, like definitely do it that way. Uh, and I kind of understand okay. it because they're hour long, so it's a big ask to ask people to sit down and watch ten hours. Uh, but two, yeah. yeah, you could do that. Three, two, two, okay. one. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I will finish it uh, very soon so I can put out my, the rest of my review. But <laughs> yeah, I have enjoyed what what we've seen so far. So. Nice. Cool. So well, that, is that everything that, on your uh, list? Th- yeah, that was that uh, Station Eleven was the last thing on my list. So oh, that's cool. yeah, that's wonderful. I don't I don't have anything. Do you have anything? No, I watched a lot of mediocre stuff this week. So. <laughs> Um, those were the three perfect hey thanks for sticking around for this long in the podcast we are so glad that you have continued uh, to listen to us just as a reminder always rate and review us whenever you have the chance that greatly helps us out we truly appreciate it and as a reminder also next week we have our diehard Christmas special is it a Christmas movie is it not (laughs) Mm, remains to be seen but okay why don't we just uh let's dive into some news how does that sound okay what have, what have you got okay. for us today uh well i don't have anything um, <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's the news over thanks for popping in people <laughs> we, we appreciate you listening thank you very much no i um the it's it's not really movie news um it was just, it was more interesting than anything and it'll be curious to see what this does i think maybe for for movies theater and theaters more than anything is uh new york as of like friday the 17th of december they closed all of their or they were beginning to close all their broadway shows because of um covid oh wow and so yeah they were just shutting them down and i think one in fact had seated people and then they were like nope you gotta go we're closing right now wow and they they had everybody leave and so it makes me wonder what is what's going to happen to our theaters. Are they going to go back to some of that um, that spacing mm. of seats? I mean, you have it's going to be hard because they have already sold advanced tickets to so many different movies. You know, for the next several days at least, which the movies that we have coming out because of Christmas week. So it'll be curious on what what happens where what role that plays is it going to do anything i mean in california we um statewide now doesn't matter where you're at masks are required Hmm. um and so and that's a that's a change 
from what it had been. And so it, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to, if that will affect theaters. Is that, are you seeing any of that over in the Yeah, UK? we've got a massive increase obviously in the new COVID variant. So they're talking about schools and stuff shutting in the early new year. I think what they're mm. trying to do is keep everything open as they promised because the government is in a, always in trouble with the public for being so convoluted and compl- sure. complicated and not actually like getting on things on top of it as soon as like any, yeah. any other government in the world, it seems. Uh, so I think we will be affected in a new year, which could affect films again. Um, you know, I do wonder if we're going to start seeing lockdowns and I know that films and TV series now have come up with, um, um, ways to film in this new, mm-hmm. but I think other films aren't quite there yet. So it, I do wonder if we will have some of those issues again, like we've had before where there's a lull. Mm. Some more of that delay again. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Could be. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a very real possibility. And we mentioned it, um, a week or two ago about just how, how viewing habits have changed, Mm. you know, and how we, you know, we, we consume our media. I mean, Spider-Man was, was obviously outside of that. It didn't matter. Um, it was crazy. I think it, 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 it's breaking some box office records for good reason. Um, but some of the smaller ones, you know, some of these, I think more people might choose to stay home or if it is on a streaming platform, you know, or they can rent it VOD, something like that, that they would do that as, as the option. And so it'll, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'd be curious to see where, where it goes and how this affects and for how long. I think <laughs> that's also maybe something, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's going to be quite telling the next few weeks, seeing what happens. We have a couple of big titles still coming out. The Matrix, um, obviously Kingsman. So it's interesting to see, because theaters are the first to go, probably. Um, cinemas will probably space out. We have all the masks here as well. Um, mm-hmm. But then they'll start closing, and that will force them to do like home viewing again. They'll just have to, to recoup some of the money. Unless they start pushing yeah. them back years again. And the last thing they want to do is do that because that will kill the entertainment industry. Someone's got to go, yeah, guys, this is just the new world we live in. Like, you got to yeah. do this. Yeah. 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 And, and and for some of these, I truly, I, I enjoy it. I, I like being at home mm. um, to see some of these. I mean, some of them I think does make a difference. Like when I saw Dune, you know, I saw it mm. on a TV and then I saw it in IMAX. Yeah. And that experience was, you couldn't trade it. I mean, yeah. it was, it was so much better. And then watching, I mean, even, you know, Spider-Man watching that so much better. Mm. Um, I mean, always I would prefer to see things on a massive screen than I would just on my TV. Um, even if I had a projector, it's not as big, you know, as, as if I were in the theater. And so I would always prefer to do that. But when I have to take in the safety of my family Mm. and the health, you know, of that, uh, that's going to take the priority every single time. And so I would, you know, on some of these movies, if I, if I can, well, I'll watch them. I'll just watch them at home and I will, you know, experience it the best I I can 
for how it is and for how that time allows. Hmm. Yeah, I do wonder what's going to happen. It could be one of those things because some directors have put their foot down saying, no, my films have to be in cinema. So then the studio has gone, okay, we will do a combined one where we'll do cinema mm-hmm. and at home. Um, but I still, I think that hurts you. Like if you can't have it at the cinema, then um, you've got to show it at home or you just don't show it and then you lose out millions. And then we don't get those big blockbusters because you, obviously you you got to make your money. Well, and when is Top Gun Maverick coming out? Uh, is that going to come out? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and that that one, that is one that I believe that you need to see on the big screen. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, the chain, the feeling is probably is going to be much different when I have these jets flying around me in this massive surround <laughs> sound versus anything that I can do at my house. Um, you know, unless maybe I do go and buy a different projector and just a monster screen and I cover everything up, even if it's a temporary. Yeah. Cause setup, I have a projector you know? and like atmosphere surround sound. So I, I'm like, Meep. I'm good guys. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah. And then it's comfortable in my lazy boys chairs with my own food, no worrying about anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> well, true. Totally. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. There, There is something to be said for that. I mean, when you can control part of the audience too, Yeah. you know, I mean, that was, and even what we were talking about, you know, the, um, with, with the cheering, mm. you know, uh, earlier where I was in, in my screening of Quiet Place, the first movie. Mm. We were there, I mean, 15, 20 minutes before the movie starts, you know, people are chatting and everything, you know, lights are still up and everything. The lights go off and the person in front of me at that moment decides to break out their package of Oreos, (laughs) not a bag of Oreos, their actual package of Oreos. So you hear, (laughs) and and then they begin to pass it down the aisle. And I'm like, are you freaking, they almost got a kick to the back of the head. Surprised. this is a silent movie. You were even told at the beginning, hey, this is quiet. There's no, it's in the title, you know? <laughs> and so, so to have that, so if I can control some of that, you know, if I can, I can yell at my kids, you know, or whatever. And well, one of them's grown and out of the house and the other one is, you know, grown and working. So he's not even there. So it's just <laughs> me and my wife sitting there watching. So there's no, there's no dialogue going on, you know, between us. And so anyway, that, <laughs> there you go yes yes okay um here's a bit of funny news for you last week we talked about avatar on the new segment yes uh yes. well james cameron says avatar 2 is in the bag it's done it's actually made <laughs> uh, okay and does it have a release date no. have they even t- <laughs> 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 well, you- no i think it does i think it's um 23 Christmas. I don't even care. <laughs> Nobody does. I mean, that is, that is, you tell me that you have a movie that is done, like complete. And now two years until we get it, which is then also what? 17 years. Yep. It, it's it, a long time. And then something like and then that. yeah, you're waiting for the two years between each next one. Yeah. So I think we discussed to twenty twenty nine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I no what? This is a depressing conversation we're having here. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. They don't exist. They're not real films. It's the biggest not, joke yeah. on us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Photos or it didn't happen. Oh goodness. Talking about films that have been delayed. The Fast and Furious ten has been delayed to from April seventh. 2023 to May 19th, 2023. Does anybody care? Oh, no, that's not even a full month. <laughs> I know. What? Also, Who cares? the comments on everything is, uh, I thought this film ended. Are they still making these? People still watch <laughs> these movies? Or it's the <laughs> meme of Fast and Furious 50, or, <laughs> which, which, yeah. which makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think oh, I honestly goodness. think people are done with the franchise now. They they made too many. They should have stopped when they did seven. I think when it was like the goodbye to the character that had died because he died mm -hmm. in real life. Obviously, yeah. that was a good send off. They didn't need to make any more. Uh, yeah, yeah, and probably a more respectful way to just yeah finish it out. Absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, I don't mind the I don't mind the spinoff. I liked Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, Hobbs I thought that was, was a lot of fun. They're really fun. I mean, it's silly yeah. and it's totally unbelievable. Oh, but, oh totally. But all of them are <laughs> absolutely. Like, we don't go to watch for like actual physics. <laughs> people, no, people are superheroes no, the, in that film. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's yeah. Hmm. You know, it's funny. Last, um, it I had thought about this a couple of weeks ago, but then when I saw when we saw um, No Way Home this week. Mm. Um, this trailer played for, um, have you seen the trailer for Michael Bay's Ambulance? I haven't, no, but I know of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so it's Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. and I think Yahya Abdul-Madin. It's a great um, name, second, by the I way. It, it, oh, totally. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a mouthful, yeah. but and I love him. I mean, he's great. And I think that's who it is. Mm. Uh, but so it's, it's basically like uh, Heat and something else i don't know makes er mm. or something um last week we were talking about what's too much how much is too much <laughs> if you have seen this trailer <laughs> i believe you have seen the movie right okay i it, hate that <sighs> and the worst part is that it shows the trailer in what appears to be chronological order oh no so, so basically i see the set film yeah, I see the setup. Ugh. I see the um, what leads to the heist. I see the heist. I see the aftermath of the heist. I see the chase, and I see some, you know, a bunch of explosions and everything else. Now, I will go to a Michael Bay film because I want to see a Michael Bay film. I want to I see, want to see the, exactly. I want crazy action, um, not necessarily any realism to it. I just want a lot of fun. Mm. You know what I mean? Some good. Good, all-out action. Perfect. And then you've got Jake Gyllenhaal in there, which the intensity that he brings to his characters, absolutely. Yes, please. I'm totally there. That being said, I don't really feel a need to watch this movie. Mm. Be it, it, you know, I, I don't know exactly how it ends. Because you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It... You know, I don't know. Does Jake Gyllenhaal live or die? I don't know. Does it matter? No, I don't think so. Uh, because the everything else within this, I have been shown. And I just, so back to our, you know, what we had talked about last week, 
this is not a teaser. This is a, and I think it's probably like a two and a half minute trailer. So I shouldn't watch it then? Uh, if you want to see the movie <laughs> and be surprised by it, I would not watch the trailer. Right. It is, I was, I mean, my, my son and I saw the trailer first when we saw, I don't know what movie we saw. Doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant. <laughs> um, but we were like, what the crap? I just saw the whole movie. And then we saw, you know, when it showed it again, it was like, yes, that absolutely confirmed. I have seen the entire movie with <laughs> In this trailer. Stop. Just go away. Oh, goodness. Anyway. Mm. Okay. Well, I've got happy news. Well, funny news. Okay, good. Okay. We're, oh, we're going to talk about Perfect. Keanu Reeves for a moment, which okay. always makes me happy. Uh, Keanu Reeves reveals that his mother was the costume designer for Dolly Parton's Playboy outfit. And since Dolly <laughs> didn't take it home, Keanu wore it for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just amazing. That is spectacular. Oh my goodness. Makes me love him even more. Right? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. Well, I, I don't even, I, I, we don't really need a context and you don't need a reason. I mean, it's Halloween. It's you know Halloween. What I mean? and it's so, his costume. That, that, it, yeah. That, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's so wonderful. So that is, I think, a good place to end the, uh, the news. The news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, what are you, uh, what are some of the things I, my, my guess is probably a lot on our, on our list of what we're looking forward to is, is similar. Yeah, probably. Oh. Um, coming next week. That's this week coming this, coming this week, this week, this week, yes, the coming the, ne yes. next week, this week. <laughs> uh, well, don't look up. I'm I'm looking forward to that just because of the cast. The cast yeah. is immense. I actually know nothing about it. I haven't watched the trailer, and I refuse to, um, because like you, I, I've had enough with trailers. But I've seen the cast, yeah. and so I'm like, oh, I want to see what those guys are doing for sure. Um, those are all Oscar worthy, and probably most of them have won Oscars. You know, they they're all mm -hmm. excellent. So that one, uh, the Silent Sea. Oh yeah, very much looking forward to this. I mean. Yes. Okay, so reading this short synopsis. During a perilous 24-hour mission on the moon, space explorers try to retrieve samples from an abandoned research facility steeped in classified secrets. And then it's South Korean sci-fi mystery. Come on. Yeah, and I'm also totally the, there. The, the main protagonist actress. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Bay Duna. We've seen her in, in other familiar things you'll recognize her you'll be like oh i know oh, her nice yeah she has right such on. great presence so and it looks like it's got a decent budget as well i'm very excited about it, this one yeah well and i um it reminds me just from the visuals um of that i believe it was chinese um or taiwanese a movie that came out early in the year called space sweepers mm. I, I and you know the the, the concept is going to be obviously different and everything else but that one blew me away and the the visuals within that you know some of it was video game ish and but i was willing to overlook it because i was having so much fun and so this one when i saw some of this it reminded me some of that you know that the the graphics 
and the storytelling that are coming out of uh, the Asian countries, I am in love with. Yeah. It is their, their way of storytelling is so engaging and it just, it sucks me in. And the way that they're able to capture characters and create, um, you know, just these personas like, Ooh, yes. Okay. More, more, mm-hmm. more. I want it, you know? And so I, mm, that's a, <laughs> this one's on my list. Yeah, absolutely. So what else is on your list? I, well, um, the matrix resurrections. Oh yeah. That am, is this week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I get to, I get to go see a press screening of that. So Will I'm you re- rewatch any of the three or have you done recently? I, I am actually, yes, I'm going to watch the last two. Okay. Those are the ones that I've, I've only seen, um, in my life, like maybe twice. Really? Wow. Something. Okay. Yeah. They, they didn't, they didn't resonate with me as much as the first one. I mean, the first one I've watched several times. I mean, I, obviously the first one's I, a work of art, but how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. I know. No, I'm uh, in the minority. I, I, I love all three of them. So, um, and the animatrix, which I think is excellent. See, I've never seen that. I've heard of this. It's really good. It's excellent. Yeah. But, it's very good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, this screening because I was notified. They were, they were like, hey, you need to make sure that you check in early because we're doing a hunt for the white rabbit. And I'm like, what? Amazing. What, what that does that mean? mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is I'm Trinity going to be though. there? Follow I, anyone I with know. a tattoo of a rabbit. Exactly. Yes. My, um, my son is going to go with me. Amazing. And so we're going to drive into the city and um, can't you do the little play um, along. like camera on your head and do it uh, like a GoPro or yeah, something yeah. like that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're <laughs> going to allow that, but <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll be able to pull out my phone and and record a little bit. But that should be hopefully. I mean, it sounds fun. I don't know what it actually is, but you know, a little wild goose chase. So it'll be, um, yeah, it, it should be exciting. Very cool. Um, and. And then there is, uh, it's coming out, it's been in limited theaters or limited release in theaters um, for a couple of weeks. Uh, but Come On, Come On mm. with uh, Joaquin Phoenix is hitting, like it's coming to um, VOD this week. All oh, right, okay. And so so I don't, I don't really know anything about it, mm. uh, but that's okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one a lot. I, I want to wanna check it out. I really do enjoy it. Joaquin Phoenix. And so I think that'll be a, um, I mean, it's Joaquin Phoenix. He generally is <laughs> quite entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, mm, okay. Yeah. This so from there. Yeah. There's some good titles there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably, and then, you know, even further, there's probably even more, but yeah, um, the following week, there's the loads. Yeah. A big yeah. Week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, there are some some bigger ones. We'll we'll hit on those uh, when we. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest anyway, one yeah. n- that week is uh, an animated series called Seal Team. Yeah. Yeah, that's I. That's totally on my that's on, your on list, my right? list. There, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's not it's not what you think. It's not a um, <laughs> it's not an animated group of of special forces. It's not. It's, there are seals. It's, it's aquatic animals <laughs> who enjoy fish. Yeah. Yes. And they just swim around the bay. <laughs> so <laughs> coming soon to a screen near you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, right on. All right. Well, hey, 
uh, we appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. You know, this has uh, been fun. Been a long, been a long episode, but that's okay. We we um, had some good stuff to talk about. Hopefully, you were entertained and engaged along with us. Maybe we're only talking to ourselves at this point, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, if you, if you have stuck around, thank you so much. Again, rate review us um, on whatever podcast platform you happen to listen to. Um, if you ever get the hankering, please go head over to YouTube and, uh, check out our channel. So you can hit up Ruben at the Ruby Tuesday, you know, uh, leave some likes, comments, check out some of his reviews, all of his reviews. Um, definitely subscribe to him. I'm Chris with movies and munchies and, uh, coming up next week, at least in this recording time, I don't know how you're listening to this, but next week is our Christmas episode about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm. Definitively, we will answer this once and for all. No more discussion about it. It is the final, final word. Exactly. That sound, until, does that sound authoritative? Until the Redux version, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Part duh. Exactly. <laughs> Part duh. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, hey, thanks again for joining us, and we will catch you all next week. <laughs>